the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program, 303-873-1935. The program, of course, Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. And you might be thinking, well, what's this program about? Well, this is the program. It's called Crosswalk because it really is the intersection of Christian faith and Christian living. This is where doctrine meets duty and belief meets behavior. This is the program with you in mind, where we try to ask and find answers to the questions that you care the most about, questions about God, the historical Jesus, questions about the Bible. And so happy to take your calls. It is not a sports program, but every once in a while there is sports news that um, is important to me, Maybe not all that important to you, but producer Jim has informed me that apparently this is breaking news. Now, again, as I'm looking at the story, Jim, it this is dated actually 7 o'clock this morning that Broncos agree to terms with Nathaniel Hackett to be the new head coach. So apparently this is something that happened earlier today, and so this is like a for real thing. So 303-873-1935, according to um, NFL.com, the Denver Broncos have selected Nathaniel Hackett as the 18th head coach in club history. NFL Network's Tom Pellicero reported today that the Broncos are finalizing the deal with Hackett to make him the new head coach. He is the former Uh, offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Now, what's interesting to me, too, there's this growing group of people who I would consider very, very young. You know, whether you're talking about Sean McVay or you're talking about uh, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. But um, Paul Hackett's only 42 years old. And um, he's been the offensive coordinator for Green Bay since 2019. And so um, what does all of this mean? Does that mean that Aaron Rodgers might play some sort of role in the Broncos' future? I have no idea. But Dan Wetzel, who's a columnist, has basically suggested that. Um, that um, he, he writes, and I'm quoting him directly from uh, sports.yahoo.com. Does Hackett know any good ones, you know, as far as a quarterback? Like maybe a veteran coming off a likely MVP season? Now, Again, is this really what the Broncos want? Do they want a stopgap quarterback, or do they want a 
<laughs> Another in the long line like Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Brandon Allen, Jeff Driscoll, Brett Ripien, Teddy Bridgewater. So who knows what's going to happen? Okay, I'm done. 303-873-1935. That's my number. Now that you know that uh, the former offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, is slotted now to be the next Bronco coach. And, of course, many people are asking and answering the question, well, what kind of a grade would you give to this new head coach? And um, again, rather talk about the Bible. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. 303-873-1935. By the way, there's another um, news item that's very, very sad. And that is, of course, the story of the former voice, if you will, for Charlie Brown, um, actor Peter Robbins. He was the voice of Charlie Brown. He's that voice that you hear on the Christmas holiday specials. Um, Sadly, it's reported that he committed suicide. He started voicing Charlie Brown when he was only nine years old. He did that to the age of 14 And, um, again, his career um, spanned several decades. Part of what's very, very sad is that Peter Robbins was 65 years old. And um, he struggled with... Addiction. He struggled with mental and emotional distress. He struggled with legal problems. Um, He told the Providence Journal, I made a bunch of stupid criminal threats in 2012. And he waged one of those threats against a sheriff's deputy in 2013, and it landed him in a whole lot of legal trouble. But that was just one chapter in his story. And uh, Robbins had talked about the mental and emotional distress, the difficulties that um, it landed him in jail. He sought treatment and tried to get help. He said, quote, my five years in prison were a trip through hell. He told the journal at the end, I was successfully paroled into a hospital where for the first time in my life, I received treatment And again, part of the sadness of this story is that it's possible to get treatment and still you make a horrible and a terrible choice. And I know there are many people who are listening right now and you know someone, you know someone, maybe you yourself have been affected Because someone you love, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a a son, or a daughter has committed suicide. The actor spoke about, again, addressing some of his mental and emotional distress, the difficulties that he faced. He said that, um, that you need to take mental and emotional 
illness seriously. Robbins told a television outlet, I would recommend to anybody that has bipolar disorder to take it seriously because your life can turn around in the span of a month. Like it did with me. He said, I came out of prison. I'm a better person. I'm much more humble and grateful and thankful that I lived through the experience. TMZ reports that Robbins checked himself out of a mental health facility shortly before his death. The outlet spoke with his agent who said he wasn't in a very good place before his suicide. Robbins reportedly told his agent shortly before his death, I need your prayers. Family members told the television outlet that Robbins took his own life, but they were asking for privacy And again, my heart breaks for this family and for a voice that meant so much to so many people. And so, again, if you'd like to join me on the program, it's 303-873-1935. How sad. Actor Peter Robbins. This is Gino Geraci. Happy to take your call. 303-873-1935. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me. If you'd like to join me on the program, it's 303-873-1935-303. 873-1935, I was talking about the tragic situation um, <laughs> with the with the actor who played um, Charlie Brown, Peter Robbins, and again, heartbreaking. 303-873-1935, and um, there are a couple of news items that I want to bring to your attention while I have the time, 303-873-1935. And that is, again, um, we've been talking about vaccine mandates and, of course, the president's um, not just challenge, but willingness to weaponize OSHA to create a vaccine mandate for businesses with over a hundred employees. And so because of the court's rulings, OSHA has withdrawn the vaccine mandate. So yesterday the occupational safety and health administration withdrew its COVID-19 mandate for large businesses with over a hundred employees OSHA uh, said in a statement that they're withdrawing the November 5th, 2021 emergency temporary standard, which was issued to allegedly protect unvaccinated employees of large employers from the risk of contracting COVID by strongly encouraging vaccination. At the same time, the agency maintained that it is seeking a permanent rule regarding the requirement. OSHA said, quote, the agency is prioritizing its resources to focus on finalizing a permanent uh, 
COVID-19 healthcare standard. Now, that's ominous. As reported by the Christian Post, the ETS required large, large businesses of 100 employees or more to have their employees vaccinated against COVID-19 or be subject to weekly testing and mask wearing. The Biden administration spent the past few months pushing the mandate. It was ultimately struck down by the United States Supreme Court. Now, again, it's another issue. It's another issue altogether. Whether vaccine mandates, not mandates, but the vaccination itself and the mask wearing itself has proven effective to mitigate against getting COVID and experiencing mild, moderate, or severe symptoms. You know, I can only speak anecdotally, but anecdotally, I got real sick. So at the time of the decision, the conservative majority of the of the Supreme Court concluded, quote, applicants are likely to succeed on the merits of their claim that the secretary lacked authority to impose the mandate, unquote. So administrative agencies are creatures of statute. They accordingly possess only the authority that Congress has provided. Quote, the secretary has ordered 84 million Americans to either obtain a COVID-19 vaccine or undergo weekly medical testing at their own expense. This is no everyday exercise of federal power, according to the court. On the other hand, the court's three liberal justices, Justice Stephen Breyer, who's retiring, Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan, dissented, stating that they were in favor of the mandate. <clears throat> you know what's interesting to me? Their decision wasn't based on law. It was based on policy, which I find frightening. When we ask and we answer the question, again, this isn't about politics. It's about freedom. So if we ask and we answer the question, what is the relationship between political freedom and religious freedom? What if I were to suggest to you that the relationship is so intimate that we have to defend both? We have to defend political freedom and we have to defend religious freedom. And that by defending political freedom and defending religious freedom, we wind up reinforcing each the, the other freedom. And I've, I've, I've said many, many times that religious freedom is the freedom that allows other freedoms to exist. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. And of course, First Liberty Institute, which is a nonprofit Christian legal organization, celebrated the news of OSHA's withdrawal after representing Daystar TV and the American Family Association, 
and answers in Genesis in legal challenges against the vaccine mandate. Quote, this from First Liberty President Kelly Shackelford, who I've met, who said, quote, the Supreme Court made it clear that the President Biden administration's attempt to federalize the nation's workforce is blatantly unconstitutional. Now, what's interesting to me is, yes, the Supreme Court made it clear that the president's administration's attempt to federalize the workforce is blatantly unconstitutional, but that the chief justices, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan were absolutely, even though they're in the dissent, willing to federalize the nation's workforce. I am so wondering how fragile freedom is, particularly at this time and particularly during a pandemic. Kelly Shackelford said, quote, we will continue to fight on behalf of our clients and the American people to protect them from being forced to violate their faith. But I want you to think about this. There's an ever-increasing resolve among people who don't really seem to care very much about religious freedom, that if religious freedom ceases, oh well. And again, Christian Headlines previously reported a federal judge blocked Biden's vaccine mandate for federal employees. And earlier this month, another federal judge blocked Biden's vaccine mandate uh, for other federal employees. And again, if you want to join me on the program, it's 303-873-1935. Another federal judge halted a vaccine mandate for Navy SEALs seeking a religious exemption. But we're in trouble. Things aren't going well. But again, more and more people, I think, are going to have to rise to the occasion and say, no, I like the Constitution. No, I like the, the First Amendment. No, I like the Bill of Rights. Not quite ready to see the Bill of Rights disappear, not quite ready to abandon the rule of law. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. When we come back, I'll talk a little bit more about uh, the national news today as Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer announced his plans to retire. This is Gino Geraci. Thanks for joining me. 303 873-1935. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. 303-873-1935. Talking a little bit um, about the the justice who uh, basically announced that he would be resigning 
during this term. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this because this is going to provide President Biden with his first opportunity to nominate a justice. And I'll talk more about that. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Ernie, welcome to the program. Hello, Gino. Hello, Ernie. Uh, always loved Dr. Doug Groteis uh, yesterday. Yeah, wasn't that great? Oh, he's so good. Um, yeah, so I always enjoy when he's on air. Um, uh, secondly, did you see the rate of the Omicron virus in Israel? 90% of their population, eligible population, has been vaccinated. Right. And they're having a terrible time. With with this variant, correct. Yes. So uh, just I have so many questions unanswered about the vaccine. And then secondly, I don't know if I heard you or misheard you when you said, I know you had COVID. Were you vaccinated? Did you say you were or weren't? I didn't say. I, I did have COVID and I had COVID pneumonia. But I'm not ashamed to say that I got vaccinated and I got double vaccinated. Uh-huh. Now, so so the the way that I would think about this is, did my vaccination allegedly prevent me from getting the disease? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, did being double vax prevent me from not having severe symptoms? In my case, the answer is no. So, so again, is my case indicative of every case? Not, I don't know, but here's what I do know. Mm-hmm. That the vaccine, A, didn't prevent me from getting the disease, and B, it didn't prevent me from serious symptoms and mm-hmm. severe symptoms. Now, and, and again, to, let's go full circle with Israel. Israel is the most vaccinated country in the mm-hmm. world. Yes. And uh, uh, again, apparently, this doesn't seem to prevent people from getting the Omicron, quote unquote, or getting COVID, quote unquote. And again, it's a different question to ask and answer the question, well, does that mean some people were, well, mild, moderate, or severe? And so, again, part of the challenge that we have is the anecdotal evidence but i think there's a growing growing group of people who are who are saying well, well wait a minute if the vaccines don't prevent the disease and it don't doesn't mitigate it you know people keep saying over and over again well if you hadn't had the vaccine then you would have had even more severe symptoms well how how in the world can we know possibly know that exactly yes and to on that point um when you say you had a COVID pneumonia, pneumonia. Well, there. When I years or two, three years ago, when it first happened, I got sick and I went to the doctor. And early on during COVID, and the doctor told me that a common cold is a form of COVID. And so when you say COVID pneumonia, it's totally different than the viral. COVID. No, I would say exactly the opposite. The way that I would characterize this, there's two kinds of pneumonia, bacterial oh, and yes. viral. Viral. So, so the SARS COVID-19 is viral. So when you have bacterial pneumonia, you treat it with, with um, antibiotics. All right. 
but with viral pneumonia, you can't treat it with yeah, antibiotics it because doesn't it, it doesn't work. And so, so, co- so how, how do I know it was COVID pneumonia? Yeah. Two things, right. because COVID was present in my body. Number two, certain viral pneumonias and bacterial pneumonias usually affect only one lung or the other. Mm-hmm. COVID pneumonia seems to attack both lungs yes. equally, and so so that's one of the clues. Gotcha. So that's that's how I would think about it. All right. Okay. Well, um, there was another thing I wanted to ask you, and I forgot the old brain. Uh, well, anyway, well, uh, glad you're doing better. I know you are. Well, I'm working on it, and I, you know, I wish I could say, "Well, am I a hundred percent?" No, I am not. Uh, I had viral pneumonia in lower lobes of my lungs years ago when I was working, and boy, I know I remember how sick I was, and uh, and they couldn't do anything because it was viral, so I just had to wait it out, and uh, and ended up getting better. So anyway, well, thanks thank for the you. call. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Three zero three eight seven three nineteen thirty five. You know, uh, when we talk about this issue of quote unquote tolerance, uh, my friend Jim Dennison, who's going to be on the program and who um, I'm going to be interviewing in, um, well, I'm thinking next week. Um, he said, "I remember a day when publishing a book or an article required." Approval by a book, newspaper, or magazine, publisher, editorial oversight, and significant accountability. Being known through video or audio required being on TV or radio or producing and marketing a studio recording. He says, but today, anyone with a cell phone can publish their thoughts, (coughs) record themselves on video or audio that goes viral. He says... This is good news in that our individualism mirrors the biblical declaration that each human is created in the in God's image and likeness, Genesis 126. It also empowers our ability to use our personal platforms to share God's truth and love with everyone we influence. But this is the bad news. But this is bad news in that the radical individualism of our culture has empowered an ethic of personal authenticity that now threatens biblical morality and religious liberty in unprecedented ways. He says our culture has exchanged truth for tolerance and redefined tolerance from the right to be wrong to the claim that there is no objective right or wrong. And he's got it exactly right. The biblical understanding of tolerance was that you recognize and respect others when you don't share their values, you don't share their beliefs, you don't share their practices. So can you recognize and respect others when you don't share their value, you don't share their belief, you don't share their practices? Now, what do you do if the values, beliefs, and practices are actually 
criminal, harmful, corrosive. In the contemporary cultural understanding of that word tolerance, it's to recognize and respect that every individual's values, truth claims, beliefs, and practices are equally valid. So in the contemporary cultural understanding, recognizing, respecting that every individual's values, truth claims, beliefs, and practices are equally valid, it's becoming, again, more and more difficult to affirm the cultural understanding of the word when you abandon not just the biblical narrative, but some sort of rooting and grounding in existential reality. So it's become a war of words, respect, dignity, acceptance, moral judgments, personal preferences. Remember when individual preferences of art, food, clothing, style, hobbies, they're personally determined. But again, it means now individual preferences of sexual behavior, value systems, and beliefs are determined by the individual. We are experiencing a revolution, a cultural revolution at this very moment. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. Many of you guys know that I collect coins. I don't have this particular coin, but the most expensive dollar sold this week for $12 million. That's It was a, uh, a silver dollar minted in 17... 17- 94 and it graded by PCGS which is the professional coin grading at SP which is a specimen 66 now that means gem so because I am a coin collector and I am 66 I am thinking maybe I should use 66 as a designation that 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 means I am in gem preservation no, that's not good thinking. 303-873-1935. Jim Dennison talks about why Christians are on trial in Finland. He writes, our cultural evolution with regard to sexual ethics is a case in point. Decades ago, a concerted strategy began to normalize same-sex relationship through popular culture and media. Next came legalize same-sex relationship through the courts, culminating with the Supreme Court Obersfeld decision in 2015. And then next came stigmatizing those who disagree as being homophobic and dangerous. Now, uh, again, think about it. From a cultural and a civilizational standpoint, we criminalized same-sex behavior. But now we've come to a place 
where there's a growing group of people who would like to criminalize the belief that same-sex behavior is wrong or sinful. Again, Canada has adopted a law against conversion therapy. France adopted a similar law that bans so-called conversion therapy and authorizes jail time and fines for those who attempt to change the sexual orientation or gender identity of LGBTQ people. And of course, the so-called Equality Act is being called the most invasive threat to religious liberty ever proposed in America. My friend, uh, Jim Dennison has written a new book called The Coming Tsunami, and we're going to talk with him a little bit about that, um, about the forces that have led to this unprecedented attack on religious liberty, on biblical truth, and morality. And so he said, I've, been, uh, I've, I've often been asked why Christians— should engage a culture that's so opposed to biblical faith? Why shouldn't we just withdraw from our fallen society into safer havens of shared community? He says, quote, My first response is that I'm glad the questioner is taking the threat seriously. But we can't withdraw from culture and remain biblical. Jesus calls us to attack the gates of hell in Matthew 16, 18, by taking his word and grace to every nation on earth. And by nation, he's talking about people groups. To do otherwise leaves the salt in the salt shaker and the light under a basket. And so the question then typically is asked, is there any hope that such engagement still works in our secularized and hostile culture, Jim Dennison says, my answer is to focus on ways God is using his people with transformative power today. And then he gives some examples. He says, the owners of a Chick-fil-A restaurant opening soon in Marshall, Texas, placed a Bible in the foundation of their building. Their action made headlines along with the explanation, quote, our purpose here is simple, to glorify God by being faithful stewards of all that's entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A, unquote. Nakobe Dean, the 2021 Butkus Award winner as the nation's top college linebacker, helped lead Georgia to the NCAA championship earlier this month. Jim, did you see the the NCAA championship game between Georgia and uh, Alabama? I did not either. I wish I could see. They played each other for the SEC championship, and Alabama won. They played each other for the NCAA title championship, and Georgia won. But he says an engineering student with a 4.0 GPA He's a projected first-round NFL draft pick. After the game, he knelt and bowed his head on the field 
as he told his post-game press conference, quote, I, I had to thank God. Without him, none of this would have been possible. Every step of the way, I thanked him by putting me in this position, putting my team in this position, and then thanking him for everything. Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback, whose team lost to Georgia and who won this year's Heisman Trophy, college's football's highest individual honor, in his acceptance speech said, quote, first and foremost, I'd like to thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Without him, I wouldn't be here, and through him, all things are possible, unquote. Not a sports show. Not a sports show. But quality athletes who make a public profession of confident faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When Senator Raphael Warnock tweeted, quote, As a pro-choice pastor, I've always believed that a patient's room is way too small for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. Former Super Bowl champion Benjamin Watson replied, quote, Is a patient's room too small for a child as well? His response made national headlines. If you never serve on the Supreme Court or own your own island or castle, you can still use your gifts and abilities to stand publicly for biblical truth in ways that are uniquely yours. Again, at ChristianHeadlines.com, Jim Dennison says, Such influence begins with embracing your unique status as a child of God. Henri Nguyen is right. Quote, you have to keep unmasking the world about you for what it is. Manipulative, controlling, power-hungry, and in the long run, destructive. The world tells you, Many lies about who you are, and you simply have to be realistic enough to remind yourself of this. He says, quote, every time you feel hurt, offended, or rejected, you have to dare to say to yourself, these feelings, strong as they may be, are not telling me the truth about myself. The truth, even though I cannot feel it right now is that I'm a chosen child of God, precious in God's eyes, called the beloved from all eternity, and held safe in the everlasting embrace, unquote. So, guess what? Ask and answer the question. If you feel hurt, offended, or rejected, and you want to hold on to a grudge, think about God's everlasting embrace. Invite those you influence to experience forgiveness and grace, just like you did. You know, it's not enough to just, quote-unquote, condemn the world. But we, like Jesus said, that Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world, but that through Jesus the world might be saved. I'll be back tomorrow taking your calls, answering your questions. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.